0: And welcome to the no. Hero's Path. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. hi okay. Ryan. It's time to record our podcast. Let's do it. You were playing um, Breath of the Wild. It's true. I have continued to play Breath of the Wild. Have
1: not stopped. Uh, what were you doing at the end of... Th- you did a bunch of things in uh, Zora zone last time.
0: So, let's see. We did the whole... We went to Zoro's domain, did all the, the main Zora quest stuff did a bunch of zora side quests and i've been trying to get back to hateno village to buy a house so i can have somewhere to store my dead friend's cool uh oh yeah trident
1: you didn't want to honor her memory by poking monsters with this trident you wanted to
0: i might have put it up i might have fought one monster with it
1: Ooh.
0: I was tempting Fate a little bit.
1: It's no longer mint condition.
0: Well, fortunately, the game doesn't surface quality except to say that something's about to break.
1: Uh, doesn't it surface quality to say that something has never been used before? If it does, I haven't noticed that. Doesn't it? Isn't there like a, a little shiny thing on something to say that
0: it hasn't been used? That's super possible, but I've never noticed. <sighs>
1: wait i must be remembering this from something else anyway so you decided to buy a house what distracted you from buying a house first
0: a whole lot of stuff uh on my way to buying a house i had to kind of go through the rest of the zora area and then go back through the necluda area uh to get there i could have taken a more direct path but also there's a whole bunch of shrines on the way there and i'm you know i love you know me i love shrines Hmm. So I love them too. Uh, what's the first one I did? I did Mezalo Shrine first. Uh, it is one of the cast sh- quest shrines. Cast being sure. the cool bird bard,
1: the parrot man.
0: Uh, who shows up at many places in the game with a song that will give you some kind of a hint as to how to. Uh, surface one of the sheikah shrines do i am i imagining this or
1: does Cass have some sort of backstory where he is was like
0: exiled
1: from rito village
0: i'm not remembering anything about him in rito village but it's been long enough that i could just be forgetting that he's like an outcast for some reason i know that one of the dlcs goes into his backstory a little bit more and i know yeah past that i know nothing about it so okay well we'll we'll find
1: out we'll get into that when we get there i guess Uh, anyway he's cool he has a he tells you a song with a clue right
0: yeah and the clue uh is that you need to bring a beast with a crown of bone to a pedestal there's a pedestal right nearby him uh and he's like boy i don't know what that means uh (laughs) But all around that area, there's a bunch of wildlife, including a mountain buck, or several mountain bucks. Um, Yes. And the game is telling you you need to catch and ride one of the mountain bucks over to uh, the pedestal. Yeah.
1: And it's very cool that you can ride elk around in this game.
0: I'd agree to that. Uh, It's a pain in the butt to make it happen, though.
1: Yes, they do not want you to ride them. Uh but and also they they kick you off for no reason sometimes. The game kind of doesn't want you to ride them or it wants it wants to respect their natural beauty and uh the sanctity of nature by not like letting you force these wild animals into servitude for too long.
0: The the game does not make it easy for you. Uh, they're very prone to just running as soon as you're nearby them at all. Mm-hmm. And if you even get on one, then it's much harder than just catching a horse to get it comfortable enough. And then after like a set amount of time, it tries to get you off end again anyways. Yeah. Uh, I The first couple times I tried to get one, I tried to sneak up. Uh, I took a really good like stealth potion I had made. And even that, by the time I got up to it, I didn't act quick enough and it got away. Mm. Uh, so
1: then did you like drop down on top of one
0: i tried to drop down on top of one uh i ended up dropping down right next to one and then i sprinted to get catch up to it real quick then i was close enough uh, to actually catch up to it i was not clever right. enough to do the thing i had done it with horses before in this game where you just land directly on a horse's back yeah uh but i missed uh trying to do it to this elk right now but you know i was gonna say the horses probably
1: don't like it when you land like just fall with a thud on their back but if link isn't taking any fall damage it follows that the horse shouldn't take any damage because of newton's laws
0: newton's laws of fall damage yeah is that i'm hmm i i'm not a physicist i guess i can't say anything well, uh, anyway, you got on the elk. I got on the giant elk.
1: stag. Yeah,
0: the buck. The, the majestic
1: mountain, beast. The
0: mountain buck
1: is what they call it. They could call it a lot more cool things.
0: Uh, I took it over to the pedestal. As soon as you stand on the pedestal, the shrine pops out. And Cass goes, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> uh, inside the shrine is a puzzle of some kind, is what my notes say. Uh, Yeah, I
1: was looking at your notes, and I could not tell from your description what shrine you were talking
0: about. There's a whole bunch of elements, and I'll do my best to explain them to the listener, and maybe that'll help you. There's a big room. Uh, In the center of the room is like a column, and surrounding that column is a platform that can rotate to the four cardinal directions. There's a crystal switch nearby that when you hit it, it rotates that platform. There is a laser that is pointed at that crystal switch that is being blocked by a large metal box. There is additionally a elevated platform with a floor switch and a metal chest on it. Uh, And then there's where the monk is at, which is on another elevated platform, and that Door and the the entrance to that platform is sealed. So what the game wants you to do is to put something on top of the floor switch to open the way to the monk, and then you can get to the monk. Uh, I think you're supposed to just rotate the center platform a whole bunch, uh-huh, but they give uh-huh. you a million different like pieces to do that with. Did any of that make sense? Uh. Basically,
1: yeah. I still don't remember this specific shrine, even after hearing you describe it, but it
0: sounds real. <laughs> I'm not making it up, I promise.
1: The uh, Speaking of floor switches, maybe everyone who's listening to this knows this, but uh, did you know that you can just pull stuff out of your inventory to hold down floor switches?
0: I did know that, yes.
1: Okay. And so, like, conceivably... You can figure out how much everything weighs, at least relative to everything else, Ooh. Uh, by, you know, like, uh, if ten apples are enough to hold down a floor switch, but nine isn't, and one, well, you know what I mean. I wonder... Do the math.
0: Oh, my, my mind is opening now. Uh, <laughs> hmm... My first thought, I wonder if anybody's calculated this. My second thought is, no, nobody has spent the time on this. Uh, Third, I know that those switches have different weights required to depress them as well.
1: Wait, different switches have different weights?
0: Yeah, because there's another one I did this session where I had to put three things on top of it to depress the switch.
1: And it it looked the same as the other switch? It looked
0: the same as the other switch what the heck so that means there's different like weights required to trip these switches this is very fascinating this
1: is its own podcast
0: <laughs> welcome to the physics of hyrule hyrule uh physicia what's the study of physics called it's just physics anyways <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not i'm not smart
1: so, uh, you you solved this shrine. I, I Is there put, anything else to say about this shrine? Not
0: really. I used the metal chest, and then I just positioned the metal box on the platform to jump over there, and it was easy and fine. Great. Uh, then I went to... Then I ran around a bunch of mountaintops that I didn't put in my notes, but like all these mountaintops around, I went and ran around all of them and found a bunch of Koroks. I found a ton of Koroks this game session. Cool. Still working on that. I went to Kam Urag Shrine in Nekluda, which is one that you admonished me previously for skipping. Oh yeah, I like this one. Uh, it's the one in the cool little valley uh, where there's a bunch of. It's like a graveyard kind of. Yeah. With a bunch of like et- like stone head effigies. Yeah. And there's an archaeologist that hangs out there and hangs out at Fort Hateno who will give you like a hint. Yeah. Uh, And I don't even remember what the hint is, but if you go there at a certain time of the night, one of the statues is glowing, and I've played Zelda before, so I shot it with an arrow. Its eyes
1: glow at midnight. It's possessed by some demon or something.
0: Or, sure, okay. But I shot it with an arrow, because I've played Zelda before. Okay, hold on. Okay, what's up? Zach, your flippancy...
1: (laughs) Is counter to the fact that the fact that podcasts like ours live in specifics. Okay. And storytelling lives in specifics. And this shrine is good because of the specifics, which I don't remember. So I need to look them up. And we will not be going further until I look up the... Okay,
0: well, while you're looking that up, I'll talk about how this game doesn't have enough graveyards fact this game it, it there the 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 presumption here is that 100 years ago a big war was fought and a whole bunch of people died and the game has like two graveyards that i can think of off the top of my head there's this one that looks it, this one that an archaeologist is dealing with so it's probably a lot more ancient than 100 years and then the one in kakariko which is also kind of similar in mm-hmm. architecture there should be some huge graveyard somewhere of all the soldiers yeah. that passed. Is there one up by Akala, maybe, that I'm not remembering? Or is there just not? I don't think so, no. Where did all the bodies go? I don't know. And so Calip, it... the archaeologist,
1: oh. tells you the ancient... Uh, I don't... It's called a song in the quest uh data but it doesn't look like calip actually calls it a song when a dark light resides in the cursed statue's eyes pierce its gaze to purge the seal seal from the shrine so it's a cursed statue the quest is called the cursed statue
0: i, just, I don't know why
1: you're wrong. laughing
0: because when i uh, oh. read read the first two stanzas that again
1: when the dark light resides in the cursed statue's eyes. That's
0: amore.
1: Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> I like the quest. I'm not super fond of the shrine inside, actually.
0: Oh, I think the shrine's really good. I liked it.
1: It's the one where there's a giant wheel that yeah. you are inside the wheel. Yeah, platforming inside. Yes. I don't know why I don't like it. Now that I describe it, I, I do like it.
0: It's cool. It's a, it's very simple. It's not very difficult. I've been playing platforming, three D platforming game recently, so I'm in the mood for that kind of stuff. And so this was like, oh, it just it's one of these, but in my Zelda. Hmm. Uh, cool. It's cool. It's good. It's yeah. It's not hard. It's a very easy one. Uh, I imagine there are more complicated versions of this in the game. Uh, we'll see
1: don't remember there being any anyway uh then
0: uh okay so then i went through laneru promenade and i went back and i did like the whole length of it because i wanted to walk the whole length of it
1: yeah it's interesting it's uh approaching mount laneru from um kakariko village yeah you have this long gauntlet basically uh, like, a, just a very straight road with a bunch of enemies and, like, really high walls. Yeah. I don't remember climbing up the sides of this very much.
0: It's it's a long, uh, like, stonework road and, like, set of roads that goes over this lake. It's
1: another place that, uh, you know, we talked about. The path to Zora's domain being kind of designed in a linear game manner. Uh, this place is kind of designed like that too, I think.
0: I think so too, yeah. Um, in the, uh, the Creating a Champion book, they called this, it, when they were working on it, they called this area Spider's Nest Mountain. Why did they call it that? I think the idea is that maybe it was a little bit more um, winding originally oh. and not just a straight path between two points hmm. or maybe it was built up a little bit more because there's kind of it's it's a it's a ruined path here and there's like ruined causeways that lead to different little areas that you can imagine that like in its glory maybe it was like really built up yeah and not just a run down street um
1: uh, i i like how the street like falls into the water in a bunch of places yeah
0: and there's like a fountain in the center at some point which means maybe oh, it wasn't yeah. always flooded like maybe this was a populated ish area for some time yeah uh it's it's interesting and the architecture is cool and in a in a game that's got a lot of ruins this one kind of stands out
1: yeah i think so it um, has some personality
0: It doesn't really good, have much of a purpose in that yeah Good promenade. promenade. At the dis- end of the Promenade is um, a memory, right? Promenade's a good name for it, yes. There is a memory, but I'm skipping memories until I have time to do them all in one go for our oh. dis- for our discussion purposes.
1: Okay. Because if
0: I did them all willy-nilly, we wouldn't be able to talk about the story extensively in the way that That's it's a served. good
1: plan, and as your fellow producer of this podcast, I think you should have told me about that
0: i have before. definitely told you I about shouldn't this. Have
1: to find out about that while we're recording the podcast i
0: have certainly told you about this before ryan well then maybe i shouldn't have <laughs> forgotten that you told me <laughs> that's that's yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do them all in one go so we can just sit down and talk about the story of the game okay uh like 30 episodes from now <laughs> <laughs> remember what i said we were gonna get this done in six months i started to do the math today and realized oh ha
1: well, it's we're going to get bored. You're going to start doing things a lot faster.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm enjoying this. Again, I'm enjoying the this little, deliberate pace a little bit. Okay. Some, sometimes. Um. Okay. There's a, before we move on from the promenade, there's a uh, shrine here.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's behind be- a waterfall.
0: It's behind a waterfall, Uh, it's but you don't actually have to, be to behind go behind the, the waterfall because there's like a path that you can just walk behind the waterfall.
1: Yeah but it's still behind the waterfall.
0: Right, but like, I tried to swim up to it and get to it that way, and it was not the most oh, efficient I see what you mean. Yeah. way to do that. <laughs> uh, This is the shrine I was talking about earlier. Uh, Dao a Shrine, where uh, inside there is a switch on the ground that you have to put three metal chests on top of to push down all the way. Uh. Uh, and then that releases a big metal box that you can use to climb up and stuff okay so yeah uh Leneru promenade lenny road uh exists to get you over to mount lenny and that's where i had some breadcrumb quests uh for a couple other shrines uh along the way i fought a lionel
1: oh yeah how'd you do
0: uh didn't die so yeah. can't complain uh i also fought some other i i've stopped counting Hinoxes and uh taluses they're beneath notice now nice work yeah i'm getting really strong now probably i'm gonna regret my words there um <laughs> uh, at the base of mount laneru it starts to get cold and link got cold and I put on the warm doublet that I got on the uh, Great Plateau, but it was not enough because it was too cold.
1: Oh, it was super
0: cold. It was – the the temperature gauge is really cool when you kind of look at it and sink into it a little bit. Uh-huh. But it'll – it's got a little – it's like a compass, and it'll show you a point where, like, this is the current temperature, and then it'll have like a blue on the left and a red on the right. On the right, that'll show like if you hit this point, your your character. I was gonna say Link gets uh, either too hot or too cold. And as you equip or consume things that affect your uh, temperature tolerances, that will shrink. Yeah. Um, a lot of good information in the HUD. In really it's it's a it's a minimalist hud that can give you pretty decent info. Well, do you have the full hud turned on? Probably. I haven't turned anything off. Oh, okay.
1: I play it with like most of that stuff I I think there's one setting that turns off a bunch of that stuff um including the mini map and I think the temperature thing uh definitely the noise indicator. <laughs> I like the noise indicator a lot, but
0: I'd I feel like the, the noise drink. indicator is not actually helpful at all, but I don't play the game that way, so. Uh Yeah. Uh, and there's a weather indicator.
1: Oh, and the time of day yeah. is disabled, which becomes kind of uh, inconvenient when I'm playing and I start to care about the time of day, but I don't want to change the setting, so I have to keep looking at the map, and when you're looking at the map, time doesn't pass. I'm stupid.
0: You um, just turn some of it back on. I don't think I have a choice. Oh, it's not granular? It's not like you can choose individual I don't think things? So. That's a shame. I'll just leave everything on. I'm a maximalist. Okay. Uh, you can climb up Mount Laneru. This is the intended way to climb up Mount Lanayru, is to come through the snow field and go that way. Uh, first time, I definitely just climbed straight up. Sure. And didn't take the trail. Right. And so I missed out on a hundred dying enemies. It's so bad. There's so many it's enemies.
1: Way like the density of encounters is
0: just unacceptable. It's not good. It was too much. Uh it's a long segment of fighting and I'm like running out of like foods that will keep me warm. Uh-huh. So by the time I got to the top it was at the point where I was I equipped the fire sword that I had in my inventory. To keep me warm enough so that I wasn't just dying at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, not ideal. Not ideal. No. Okay, at the very top is, uh, the Spring of Wisdom, and there's a big old dragon hanging out up there. Cool. Uh, this is Nadra, one of the three roaming dragons in the game.
1: Well, uh, it's not roaming right now.
0: And this kind of functions as your introduction to the dragons, I think. Uh, uh,
1: possibly i think that the um the dragons uh this nadra is kind of like close to their fuzzy intended path you know yeah but it's so easy to see one of the dragons oh from sure, far sure away uh
0: um, I, I, on this playthrough i'm pretty sure i've seen uh whatever this other dragon is called, uh, that I can't remember right now. Farosh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Farosh in the distance already. Uh, uh,
1: But, like, this is the one where you actually get to see it up close.
0: You get to see it up close, and you get uh the game kind of explicitly clues you into what the role of the dragons is in the game. Mm. Uh, After we do uh silly boss fight first, though. Uh, oh yes because you go up and there's there's text and i was like is this a dragon talking to me but it was actually like the goddess statue that's right there
1: oh yeah yeah
0: uh talks to you and explains that this is nadra nadra is covered in that evil malice stuff and you must free it from the malice uh because you're a good guy uh and so you get in this kind of you get into this boss fight with this dragon Right, and I'd forgotten this. I knew this existed, but I couldn't remember how the, what how it functionally worked. And I'm kind what, of
1: the the fight. Yeah, I'd itself? forgotten.
0: Yeah, I'd forgotten oh, okay. the fight itself. And I think it's good, but it's I like it. Weird in a game that in a game that doesn't have, have boss fights in this way. It's weird. no, it's, you're it's, right. It, it, it's the different. game has
1: a uh a scarcity of set pieces like this. And usually like you have the entrances to the four divine beasts, Mm -hmm. which I've already said, I are kind of hit and miss with me. Um, But yeah, the other, the outside of the divine beast, uh, you know, entering them and fighting those bosses, the game doesn't have very many, Uh, big encounters and uh, it gets to be very very samey except uh, if you don't have um, this guy or Master Koga or those might be the only
0: two it's it's two things one the game doesn't seal you off from anything else while this is going on in a way Mm. that this is just part of The world as this boss fight is happening which is weird uh and then like you're saying this feels kind of fast and loose for something that they would put in this game where the other boss and like the 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 encounters leading up to divine beasts are very authored very specific very closed in koga fight kind of the same way um the mini bosses you fight in the overworld are all very you know they, they have tested those and gotten those wired because they knew they were going to use them over and over. This is a mm-hmm. one-off thing that feels different because it's less... Yeah. It feels less authored in a weird way. It, it, in, there in, is in, a certain in, amount
1: it, of jankiness to it.
0: Yeah, it's got jank in a way that a lot of the game doesn't, and it's cool because it has jank.
1: Um.
0: The, what, I think
1: it, that or... like the the fact that you you recover your stamina when you open up the uh paraglider seems like a a kind of quiet signal that <laughs> the developers are saying just go with us on this. We don't yeah. have a lot of time
0: to to explain what it is. Is yeah, the dragon flies around. There's three cool malice eyeballs on it you have to shoot those with arrows to free the dragon uh but around the dragon you get an uplift of air and you can just like ryan said just continually use that updrift uh forever and um i the
1: the other dragons when you're around them they raise air currents as well but i don't think those air currents restore your stamina
0: and i don't remember i never engaged with the other dragons clearly enough so that'll be something to check out when i run into them again
1: so in this specific case it's like we don't we really don't want this this encounter to get ruined b- because you run out of stamina you know trying to fly against this guy we know that You kind of need infinite stamina for this to be a good fight, so I guess we'll give you infinite stamina for this.
0: And at one point I fell. I fell and took a bunch of fall damage onto the snowfield. Yeesh. And then I had to go run and find a spot to jump back up because it was still current because the game was, again, it figured, like, okay, well, we'll give you way back up. Yeah. Um,
1: But, like, uh, for all the jank that is necessary to make it possible to have this encounter the experience like the fact that you are flying after a giant dragon shooting eyeballs of monster fluid off of the giant dragon and it's all like more or less seamlessly part of this open world yeah that is rad
0: it's cool it's i, I kind of wish the game had more stuff like this in it where they yes. gotten a little more off script and just yeah. said i know it's not going to quite work for what we have going on in the systems but just like you said, just go with it. <laughs> yeah. So you beat it? So I beat it. It's not that difficult. I don't think anything can actually hurt you except falling, so it's not even it's not shooting anything at you while this is going on. I don't think it is. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, okay, but then you get back up, and then this is the tutorial part, where the dragon's there, and the voice coming from the statue prompts you to shoot an arrow at it. Uh, and you mm-hmm. shoot an arrow at Nadra, and a scale falls off. And that's how you learn that you can shoot these things with arrows to get drops.
1: Which is important because my assumption initially was I'm not going to shoot that dra- that dragon is a good guy. I'm not going to shoot arrows at the giant, like, god figure in this game. Right. That would be evil of me. I will be punished.
0: Uh, turns out, no, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> uh... And you get the scale, and then you can put the scale on part of, on the, on the end of the waters of the Spring of Wisdom, and it opens up the path to the shrine, which is Jitan Sami Shrine, uh, which is just a freebie one. Um, the Spring of Wisdom rules because that's a callback to Skyward Sword. Oh, okay. So Skyward Sword had two springs in it, one for the Elden region, one for the Faron region. Uh, but it did not have one in the Lineagra region, so this is, like, the third ah, one that was never seen before. I see. Uh, that was, you know... So it's cool to go up to the top of this mountain. It's also just a cool mountain.
1: It's a good there's mountain. Like,
0: there's all sorts of cool giant ice, like, crystals coming out of the ground and stuff. Yeah. You kind of don't appreciate it while you're up there because you get a lot of effects of, like, snow blowing everywhere. Sure, uh, but I got a little distance and looked back and I'm like, that's a cool looking mountain.
1: I like it. Good location.
0: So that's that. there's one other shrine on this mountain, which one's this? Tano Oa shrine. And this is the um the person in Hateno
1: tells you a clue about these uh trees that are visible from Hateno village, right? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. on and... this on these like mountain peaks.
1: She says, something, that look at those, those th- trees are supposedly pointing to some treasure. There's a legend or something, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Um, it's kind of cool that the uh, shrines, the Sh- Shika shrines date to 10,000 years ago, right? But this yes. puzzle is based on some trees that are not... I assume, 10,000 years old.
0: I don't think 10,000-year-old trees would be that small. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Unless they're magic trees that stay small forever. Oh. Uh, well, if they're
1: magic trees that stay small forever, I can accept that, but I would like a tome of lore in the game to you know explain to me oh. that there are magic trees that stay small forever.
0: You're making me wistful. I mean... That's not the game we're ever going to get, but if they ever made that game, oh, give me lore books. Just give me, anyways. Ah, oh, you know play. how
1: many podcasters think that lore is stupid.
0: I mean, I understand the perspective of like that stuff's not necessary for a video game, but also I want to read that stuff. Yeah, it's it, I I I understand. How just having a whole bunch of books in your game doesn't necessarily mean it's good, especially because the writing can be bad and that stuff. But also, yeah. that does not stop me from wanting that. Right. You know. It, I can, I can, I can acknowledge that a thing is not best practice and still say, "Oh yeah, give me that thing though." So. Yep. Um. Okay, but yeah, the the this is you were looking for uh, quests like this that where the geography kind of hints at yeah. where you're supposed to go, and this is they a big use one of the those. map.
1: Um, they, I think that the, uh, well, like the one way to solve this, if you're not, um, or I guess the way to solve it from, uh, Hateno is to use the waypoint marker feature of the Sheikah Slate to mark each of those, uh, trees. Cause you can't tell from far away what, you know, the, <laughs> that they form a line, right? Mm-hmm. And so using that, uh, dropping pins on those things, then you see, oh, they are pointing this way. But of course, like after you solve this puzzle, then you look at the map and you're like, hey, those three trees are in a line.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, or you can do what I did the first time and not even notice that quest and just find the crack in the wall. Because <laughs> there's just a cracked wall and you blow it up and inside is a little cave with a shrine and then you go in and you get a treat. Uh... Uh, a good treat. Oh yeah, this is the one that has the climbing boots. Okay. Uh to match my cool bandana that I always like to wear. Yes. Uh now I just have to find the other piece of that armor, which I don't remember where it is. I'll find I it eventually. Either. I'll find it eventually, but yeah. So I can climb good, because climbing in this game is good. Uh that's all the shrines I did this time. I did a lot of shrines. I almost did more, but I had to but but I had a more important goal. There's more to oh, life. Yes. Than, there's more to life than just shrines, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to.
1: Um, I'm trying to remember your original intention from like three episodes ago.
0: More than a, that, even. I bought a house. Oh yeah, I went to Hitano Village and I bought the house. Uh, the house costs three thousand rupees and thirty wood. Uh, which I had think twice that many rupees and plenty of wood from just playing up to this point sure you buy the house and then you can but that it's as is right it is there is no front door there are no furnishings (laughs) it has been left to the elements um and he gives it to you cheap bolson because he will charge you 100 rupees a pop for a lot of those amenities that you're looking for Yes. He will sell you a name placard that says Link's house. He will plant you flowers. He will plant you trees. (laughs) He will sell you a bed. He will sell you a front door. And he will sell you lighting for inside your house. He also sells mounts on the inside for your weapons, bows, and shields. So I was able to put my dead girlfriend's trident up on the wall finally. (laughs) It's nice how, like, in many
1: games where you have a customizable house or that kind of thing, the upgrades seem very, like, taped on. They can be very uh, obvious and, like, not fit in with the scenery. But the things that you're adding here, other than the mounts for weapons, uh, are things that you know, are on all the other houses in the game. So, there are, like, flowers and trees all over the place. And so, it actually makes the house fit in better and become like a very natural part of the overall world. I think it's done very well. I wish that, like, I, I, I'm dumb, but I wish that you got more out of these uh, uh, upgrades. Like, can you use the bed?
0: Uh, you can use the bed. I've used the bed before. Okay.
1: And you can get apples from the tree, if I remember correctly.
0: That I, sounds right, but I don't think I, I did not go back after some time, so it might take some time before they grow. Ah. Uh, He will also, once you buy all of the additions, he just throws in a bunch of furniture for free. <laughs> and it becomes a cool house. It's a good house. It's a very good house. They were going to tear that house down and put up a bunch of prefabs. It was a perfectly good house, and I'm glad that you can do that. Now, the book, what does the book say? Okay, so I've got that book, Creating a Champion, the Zelda Breath of the Wild art book. And the thing with the Breath of the Wild art book is some of the stuff is written directly quoted from developers, right? Okay. Some of the, some of the, not, the majority of it seemingly is not, but some of it is like direct developer quotes. The rest of it is a lot of what i would lean more towards as calling conjecture sure and in some of the conjecture when they're talking about the house uh the author or authors of the book posit the idea that hey you know link lived somewhere a hundred years ago uh Mm. what if this is actually link's old house i like that i like it quite a bit like that doesn't come through in any of the, in- the the in-game dialogue or anything, right? Like that's just not part sure. of the game. The game doesn't care about that. The game just wants to give you a house. But the idea that like a hundred years later, Link has to roll back into town and be like, "Don't knock my house down."
1: Yeah, because Link, you know, in the in dialogue, doesn't have. We don't hear like his train of thought we don't get... know why he wants to do things you you have kind of a generic hero motivation for a lot of the stuff you do
0: yeah
1: uh but like it makes sense if if you had that uh if you have that backstory then the fact that he would try to preserve the house
0: Go actually makes too.
1: sense instead of being a purely gameplay thing right yeah totally
0: totally that's a really good I, there's no Breath of the Wild longer or anything, but like if they were ever to do like a adaptation of this, that's totally the kind of fun stuff you'd put in it. Yeah. Be like, they're gonna sell my dang house? No, that's my house. Uh, so that's a cute. And again, again, conjecture because sure, anything that's not anything that's not directly attached in the book to like a developer quote is something that I'm gonna you know. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to put full weight behind as something that's canon. I'm not Zelda wiki. Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, and even in, even in some of that developer stuff, though, there's one later on in a couple episodes we'll talk about where like, the developer quote is just somebody going, yo, did you see that diagram they did to that stuff we did? How cool is this book? <laughs> like, clearly, like, oh, these people thought about this way more than we did. It's good. It's good. It's pure. Anyways, uh, oh, we should talk about the Carpenters, because there's there's three Carpenters, and I already forgot the third one's name. But yeah, Bolson and Hudson. We should talk about Bolson. Carson. Carson. Hudson and Carson. Carson. The only interesting thing about Carson is that they gave him a buzz cut between uh, his original concept art and him in-game. Weird. They, They decided to change that up at some point fun uh tell us about what we learned about bolson right before we recorded okay so um it's a uh, pretty obvious
1: if you're playing breath of the wild that bolson is um maybe like a gay stereotype or maybe just like a kind of flamboyant gay guy or He's queer- maybe yeah. a straight guy who acts like a flamboyant gay guy i don't know sure um but like it's very interesting and like i'm not in a position to say Uh, this is offensive or not, but I don't, he's not, if he's presented as a gay character, doesn't seem to be presented in any negative way, just as kind of a interesting guy. Uh, But what I had no idea of that Zelda Wiki helpfully explains is that in Ocarina of Time, all the carpenters who are walking around Kakariko Village flailing their arms as they walk are perhaps less sensitively depicted um, gay stereotypes in that game. So there's a through line of
0: gay carpenters in Zelda, I guess. Uh, And that that doesn't come through in English at all. And Zelda, the the, the wiki specifically points that out. Uh,
1: They, they don't, what they say is, let's just quote Zelda Wiki, in Ocarina of Time, the Carpenters would aimlessly prance around Kakariko Village and notably employ characteristically feminine speech, and one of them refers to Link as a cute boy. So the, uh, in English, we don't get any of that, and so all we see is their animation of Walking in this kind of prancing way, which in retrospect, I can see how that could be part of a gay stereotype. But like when you see it, when you're playing it as a kid in America, you're like, well, they're video game characters. They're walking around in an animated way. You Mm -hmm. don't at least I didn't attach any kind of meaning to that. Right. So um, let's assume let's assume that the depiction of the Carpenters in Ocarina of Time was, we we don't want to be uh, uncharitable. Let's say that it was a little bit insensitive. And that way, we can say that Bolson kind of takes that thing from the past and doesn't try to erase it, but refers to it, but presents it in a more sensitive and well-rounded fashion. And this is, of course, assuming I'm I'm creating a reality in which I get to say all these things. But it could be. Yeah,
0: me. I mean, uh, we don't know Japanese. I've not played the. You know, I, I wouldn't know enough about the original Ocarina of time representation of that stuff. So that's I'm I'm not in any position to say one way or the other. I guess. But, uh, but Bolson's cool.
1: You know, Bolson. Who else He's great. Bolson's He's like, good. So the people in this game are so boring.
0: Yeah. There's so many boring NPCs in this game compared to some of Zelda games. It's just like
1: everyone has brown hair and like one kind of like a catchphrase or kind of half of a personality trait. Yeah, like me and my horse, we go everywhere, and it's like okay, yeah, everyone goes everywhere with, a, with their horse, but Bolson is actually a person.
0: Yeah, Bolson is actually a character. In the traditional Zelda sense, he's not just random stable NPC number three. It's it's good. It's good to have some memorable characters in the game, I guess. It's interesting. Very different. Be- Breath of the Wild begets characters like that. I guess or begets not having characters like that. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> just because of Breath of the Wild's big sprawling nature, like sure. And- like it just doesn't have the same level of
1: like you don't get to have the same density of
0: this like, is not the, the
1: well-realized people
0: this is not just the citizens of Clocktown, you know it's not so many other zelda games have really memorable cast of characters and this game doesn't except for the ones you hang on to and bolson's yeah. one of the ones you hang on to
1: yeah
0: uh okay we got to talk about hudson uh okay So Hudson, once you buy the house, uh, Bolson is very pleased that he's got some capital, and he's like, okay, we're going to expand to Akala, and I'm going to send Hudson out there. And so Hudson just packs up and leaves to go find new land to settle in Akala, and we get the best jingle in the game. Very,
1: very good.
0: It's this extremely melancholy... Like, your friend is leaving music for an NPC you've barely interacted with. Right. Yeah. Uh, done by uh, Manaka Kataoka, who is oh. yeah. the composer of Animal Crossing New Leaf. Right. Uh, which has the best soundtrack in Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. New Horizons cannot compete. uh, And she, Jeez, she does... Do I
1: have an opinion on the relative strengths of those contrasts. I will
0: say that New Leaf is number one with a bullet when it comes to Animal Crossing music, and I would put New Horizons below even, like, original, I think. Jeez. I don't- I'm not- I'm not- New Horizons doesn't do it for me at all.
1: Well... This isn't a Animal Crossing podcast. This is not.
0: This is also not our music podcast. We gotta get right. Jason out here to talk. Yeah. about this.
1: we <laughs> have been. We've been in talks with Jason, Yu, who did our music, who Thank was you, so helpful on the uh, Links Awakening podcast to say like actually substantive things about the music. We're gonna have him on this podcast at some point.
0: Yeah, and we'll, and we'll and we'll get we'll get deep into this. But for now, uh, it's a really good jingle. Uh, yes, and, and it leads...
1: anticipates what's going to happen with Hudson.
0: Yeah, and he's got a whole quest up in Okla that I'm very much looking forward to getting to. Yes. Uh, but I'm not doing that right now.
1: What are you doing now?
0: Uh, I'm to head... So, what's happened is I've started to fill my map up, right? I've been going to towers, and I've got like this chunk of eastern Hyrule kind of like on my map but there's a chunk below it down in the lake region and the Faron region that is bothering me. And So I think I'm going to start heading down that way. I think before I go off and do any more of the main story, I want to go down chunk to Lake that's Hylia. You. Like on the map, it's okay. all in chunks, right? Because each chunk Oh, well, has I a see. Tower. A okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Each... And that part of the map not revealed yet, and I want to, I want to go there, so I think I'm going to head to Lake Hylia next time we play, next time I play, uh, next time we play, you listeners, uh, because I want to, I want to go that way, that's where I'm going to go, I'm going to Lake Hylia, I'll meet you there.